Thank you for tuning in to the Once an Athlete podcast hosted by Emily Watson, Once an Athlete, Always an Athlete. Once an Athlete provides resources and relatable content for athletes that are either competing or no longer competes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. Anywhere from how to stay healthy physically and mentally to how to make a career choice, we will provide the support. Our mission is to provide resources and relatable content for athletes who compete or used to compete. We are here to uh, talk about an article that I read that's a um, research article, review of the article titled, A Qualitative Exploration of the Impending Transition Experiences of Division I College Student-Athletes, a Wellness Perspective. So this study um, starts out with doing a, um, a little bit of research on their end, and I thought their research was interesting. It was a literature review of lots of other research articles. Um, some of them are a little bit older, but still the um, statistics and the information that they gave was interesting. And then they did their own study of 29 current student athletes at a Division I um, school in the U- USA, and um, it was... Um, they didn't say what, but um, it was only at one school and it was current student athletes. So um, I have my public relations manager, Haley, with me right now. Um, and we're going to discuss the things that were that I found interesting in the article. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, let's let's talk because that article was very interesting thought they had a lot of good things to say yeah definitely and um I had a lot of favorite quotes that pulled from it but then I had to dwell on that down even more we'd be talking for way too long (laughs) (laughs) never a bad Uh, thing (laughs) yeah um so one of the first quotes um that I found really interesting um, that was part of their uh, literature review was that a mere 10% of student athletes with significant depression or anxiety symptoms utilize mental health services compared to 30% of college students as a whole. Um, That was written by Lipson and Eisenberg from an article in 2014. So I don't know about you, but just don't have time to go see someone I yeah I would definitely agree um I feel like it's not super prevalent to them sometimes on like where to go and they don't have time to figure that out um because we're already limited on time and the extra time that you spend you're definitely trying to study or trying to catch up on some sleep or eat good you know right like a lot of homework is done in the middle of the night or like on like the bus or on planes going to games tournaments meets matchups like whatever it is and like to get that resource of like seeing someone to talk to which at Tulsa, it was, like, something that all students had access to if you were willing to walk all the way across campus and 
sign up for it. It was free. And I did use that service for a little bit, but it ended up being too much like out, out of my schedule. Yeah. And I, and uh, at my previous school, we had, we had something similar as well. So I can speak to, a, you know, a little bit different school perspective thing. Um, it was within the academic like offices, um, but it was still, I don't know. It still felt different because you know you're on top of all your classes and stuff I mean a lot of student athletes have to spend eight hours a week in study hall as well and I think you know if you don't do those hours then you can get in trouble so those would be the hours that those athletes could potentially be in you know talking about their mental health as well right and freshman year is the like the hardest in my opinion at least for me it was the hardest and like added on top of your required study hall hours and your required everything else and things that you need to be doing as a freshman freshman duties um like it's it's not really the next thing that's on the list of things to do on top of your full student schedule like you have to have a full-time schedule as a student athlete and then you have like not only is there the um four hours per day of like physical work but then you have the like you said the study hall hours and whatever else and along with um your per hour of um of your schedule per, per credit hour um it's recommended three hours of studying per week so if you're in 12 credit hours then you're you're pretty much um, expected to be studying 36 hours per week and that's mainly a full-time job yes and then on top of that you have you have 20 hours of practice yeah being (laughs) a student athlete which is really a lifestyle and then like it's it would be great to make the time to go see someone to talk to which like I said it would like I had to like walk out of my way to go do that and I also felt like it it was a free service so I don't know like I felt like I got like the free quality so yeah I kind of wish that I saw like a sport one specific that was something that was offered at the previous school it was a specific like a sports psychologist Um, and I did go my sophomore year just with everything that was going on. But, um, I mean, I think that, I think I heard this from someone while in college is kind of like, you kind of have to pick between a couple of things. Like, do you want to study? Do you want to do well? Do you want to sleep or do you want to eat good? You know, it's like, right. It's hard putting all of that in there. And I definitely prioritize sleep over doing extra talking you know um because that's what I valued I felt like at the very least if I was well rested it was gonna go better for me well yeah and people around me were like Emily you're tired I'm like yeah sorry yes I was definitely (laughs) not a morning person so being having to get up early for weights was I I was in bed at nine at least every night oh Um, yeah there and and I don't know. Everybody would call me a grandma, and I'm like, no, I'm just prioritizing what I need. 
<laughs> I mean, me too. I I went through. I think it took me my freshman year. I was into procrastinating and waiting until the last second. I would even like set my alarm at three or four a.m. and get up then and do oh homework. And, and then I realized I do not work well without enough sleep. So I changed the way that I studied and like what I did throughout the day and my routine and and definitely prioritize sleep and that helped me a lot personally but um I I just remember I I had to stop making time to go see counseling on campus because it ended up just being way too way too much because it's an hour plus like the 15 minute walk each way and then I just didn't really like feel like we were like connecting and I don't know I've I've seen a lot of counselors in my life and um it's interesting. I just thought that was an interesting stat that 10% of student athletes utilize mental health services compared to 30% of the college students as a whole. So yeah. Probably I, yeah. a time issue. Definitely a time thing. Yeah. Um, okay. The next quote was um, student athletes tend to cluster socially with fellow student athletes and may struggle with social isolation when outside of their athletic social circle um, written by ha- Harris and then more um, with an article from 2003. So that is a little bit old, uh, outdated of a, of a um, statement, but I would still say that it's pretty relevant like I would say that's absolutely true yeah <laughs> it's it's I would say it's still really relevant that athletes uh, tend to stick with athletes a hundred percent I think it goes back to a shared experience whether w- any sport that you play I mean for the most part you guys you're playing at least 10 years by the time you get to college and you're talking about other people don't quite, they might not understand to that extent. And I think that's why athletes tend to congregate together is that yeah. they try to support each other because they have an idea of kind of what you've been going through. And I think that's pretty normal, whether that experience was athletics or yeah. not. Um, it's just how I feel. I definitely, yeah. I definitely resonate more. At least I, I feel like I click better with people who have like a sports background because it's like, that mentality is shared between us and it and it kind of just makes me feel like we're more compatible as people you know yeah it's definitely relatability and like you you're at this understanding of competitiveness with these other athletes and it's um and it's something that you can relate with like oh I did weights this morning I saw you in the gym um like good job hitting that that um that lift and like um I I just remember I made it a point to like try like I had to like really try to like make a friend outside of sports and I'm really glad I did because I got a a couple of really good friends out of that but we still don't really talk as much these days as the the athletic friends that I have I remember we would be friends with um some of the athletic trainers and it's like, oh, they're not student athletes, but they still like under they totally understand yeah. what we're going through. Absolutely. They're there probably even more than us, to be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> they put in a lot of work. We get there in the morning making the water uh, or anything yeah. else people need. And then they're there after practice doing all that, 
you know, treatment and like yeah. huge respect because that that's yeah. a big time commitment too. Yeah, I, I know I relied heavily on the ones that we had and uh, to stretch my arm before my arm and legs uh, before I would start a game. And then sometimes I would re- rely on them to do my hair for game days. So <laughs> they're, they're just there for all the support. Yes, they're they're like one fits all. It just fits all. Anything they can do. Yeah, so I, it might be good to try to branch out for like, student athletes now maybe it would help for them to try to branch out um so that they don't feel social isolation when they're like no longer around athletes anymore once they're graduated or yeah um Um, yeah I think that kind of goes back to kind of what a lot of people have said in in our in your interviews so far is that you should play a different sport or find another hobby that you enjoy and maybe within that group you find people that aren't in your sport so it kind of gives you a different perspective and a different group of people to yeah to hang out with I think that's pretty important yeah like um you spend all your time with your teammates and it's super great to have team bonding but it's also really important to spend time with other people um that you don't spend all the time on the road with um at least that's my opinion on that is um to like kind of have healthy relationships with your teammates so that like you don't feel like you with them um and it also gives you a lot more friends in the long run i would i would agree for sure um the next quote Due to their commitment to sport, the athlete identity may predominate with other salient identities remaining underdeveloped uh, by Adler and Adler, 1987. Super old statement, still super relevant. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's pretty easy if you kind of talk with somebody and you're asked, like, which one played sports i think it's pretty easy to pick out (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and it may it may take time to figure out like what you're good at what you like to do that's not your sport and like there is like such things as like liking other things outside of their your your sport and like i feel like a lot of people get like stuck on like thinking that their worth is their sport and their identity is their sport and like a lot of times like that's that's not like you can do other things a lot a lot of the times you're going to do other things in your free time yeah I mean softball like I love it and I would I would give anything to go back and still play but at the end of the day it's a very large part of who I am but it's not who I am as a person and I think that's that's a big deal to kind of come to terms with earlier than later exactly and it may shape you to be a big part of who you are and um and then once you are done with the sport you have all this free time and then that's where people kind of panic a little bit is they're like well I don't know what to do with my time I, I, I don't know what to do. Like they're just lost. And, um, for me, like I 
took up on um like hiking uh and i know a lot of people like enjoy like doing outdoor things and like just like finding out what you like to do is um can help like help with identity i'm definitely not a psychologist or anything but yeah um i feel like that idea can almost stem from i mean the for most of us i mean when did you when did you start playing softball when i was four yeah so i feel like the you know you're a person before you start playing the sport but since you've been since you're four i was five your time has been scheduled for you you don't necessarily have a ton of free time and I think we had more free time you know when we were kids just because we didn't have TikTok or a lot of social media you know we we had a little more uh, idle time on our hands because we weren't like like the internet just wasn't in our hand all the time um not saying we're old or anything but (laughs) um it was just it was just a bit different I feel like the social media scene was way way different um when we were younger and then coming in now the next time that our time isn't completely scheduled is now when we're 23 you know so the last time I was completely free to make my own decisions technically was four and five years old I played sports from from that time to 22 23 years old and then all of a sudden it's like here you have you have your freedom of time now and I think that's a huge shock because you have no idea what it's what what it's like um to not have that scheduled for you and I think a lot of us end up craving structure um yep which is good I think it's good for people but learning to make your own structure is something we've not been taught necessarily. Uh, because when you're four, you're certainly not, you're not in that headspace, and then you get it scheduled for you. So you yeah. never learn it. Yeah. I know for me, like I didn't realize how much athletics has set my standards for structure. And then I go get a regular job and there is no structure. And people are like, wow, like you're a really structured person. I'm like, I I really don't feel like I'm like annoying about it. I feel like this is just standards. I don't know. So I guess I just learned that from, from being an athlete. And um, that's just what I've always known from four years old is having structure. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And also um, we've sacrificed so much throughout our life. Like, uh, we we would miss a lot of things to go um, play our sport. And I, like, for example, like, I, I missed my great-grandma's uh, funeral for softball. I, um, I skipped a lot of, like, parties and um, just kind of had tunnel vision for softball. And I know like, it sounds like, Oh, poor you, you miss parties for softball, but it's like, we miss out on like the, the full experience of being like a regular, like, and, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I get that so heavily because there's so many times where in college I would uh, kind of just 
kind of experience some of, of that or just there's times where I was just like I craved a little bit of that I was like just like, I wish I had a normal high school experience or something yeah. and while I 98% of the time do not regret a single thing because I have absolutely loved and enjoyed my time playing softball and getting to the goals that I wanted to achieve I mean at the end of the day I wanted to be a college softball athlete from the youngest age that I can remember in softball and I achieved that so I have absolutely no regrets but there's obviously those times where you just feel kind of left out or almost like you're I don't want to say inadequate but almost that feeling because I'm like this doesn't come naturally to me I feel odd when I'm out here because I've never been in this sort of situation very often yeah Um, you know because I I I didn't go I didn't go to any homecoming dance at all and I I I did go to prom because I was like I shouldn't miss prom yeah Um, I I would only go I would only miss for family weddings and uh I, I certainly didn't get invited to any parties either. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, yeah. Um, Same. You know, I, I just, at sometimes I, I was like, I just would cry and say, you know, I just wish I had this. I wish I could just not care about yeah. things sometimes because, you know, when you're in college, especially every choice you make can reflect on you your program your school um and sometimes things you just get guilty by association for somehow you know it's yeah you have to be so careful about your image um when you're getting recruited while you're being recruited after you were recruited um so it's just i i definitely feel that i definitely feel that pretty heavily yeah, it's definitely huge pressure to really behave and do everything right and don't worry about the other kids at school, you know, and, but at the end of the day, like, I go to school and it seems like everyone knows, like, what happened over the weekend and I'm like, oh, I was in Kansas playing in the tournament, but then, then I, then I think about it in the other perspective, like, there was one summer I came back from, uh, came back from like a summer of softball and get to class and they do the typical, what'd you do this summer? Where'd you go? And everyone was like, Oh, I went to grandma's house down the street. And I was sitting there like rattling off like 10 States that I went to for softball. So then I was like, okay, that's actually kind of cool that I could say that I went to all these places and, and then like everyone else was like oh I went to one state so that was that was kind of cool but yeah I definitely think pros the pros for me definitely outweighed the cons yeah definitely (laughs) definitely by far yeah Yeah. it it, yeah it it definitely way outweighed the cons the pros way outweighed the cons at least for me um but at the same time like I would just be like i i I wish I had more friends, but I don't have time. Yeah. It's it's hard not not to feel like you want that or miss that. It's just I feel like that's totally normal. Yeah. yeah. So. 
Okay, so moving on to the actual research results of this study, um, we that was it for um, the literature review. So, like I said, they did um, 29 student athletes um, from one school, and um, I wanted to bring up the um, research flaws. Um, let me see if I can find where I wrote it. Uh, 29 athletes is not nearly enough to speak on behalf of every athlete in the world. Um, they did a sample from literally one school. Um, a quote from their own um, acknowledgement of their flaw from research says this. Um, first, Several participants referenced current employment, which is atypical for many D1 student-athletes. The institution at which this study took place boasts larger proportions of students working part-time or full-time while in school. Additionally, this athletic program had only recently converted to a D1 at the time of data collection, with many student-athletes not receiving athletic scholarships. Second, all participants in the sample were members of the SAC, um, which is a leadership group for um, student-athletes, and may be qualitative, qualitatively different, um, for example, more, more involved, higher achieving, and not necessarily reflective of the student-athlete population, which I felt like that was very important to mention before I get into these things, because these people are in the not only are they in the leadership group of SAC, but they also are employed and that's extremely like above and beyond. And then also this school was just converted to D1. So that means it's small and academic based. And um, at least that's what it kind of like means to me. I don't know what school this is, but um, it definitely, they're not wrong that these, the people that they're collecting data from, are more like more likely to be more involved in higher achieving than the average athlete. And I would say in the world, um, once an athlete is about any athlete ever. So this study does not reflect all student athletes, but I still felt like this study was really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that I found, found interesting the first thing that I found interesting was um, ambivalent and negative reactions or emotions, um, including uh, the vast majority of participants, so 25 of them, expressed either ambivalent or negative emotions when probed about their eventual transition from school and sport. Um, one senior female track and field athlete noted it's bittersweet cause I've been running forever. And like, once I'm done, I'll be like, finally it's over. So it's like that side being like, okay, I'm done now and not be, but that's such a big part of my life. I feel like it is going from like a hundred percent to zero and now I'm doing nothing with my life. So the whole feeling of like finally it's over but like I don't want it to be over is relatable at least for me like um I really dreaded a lot of like the the preparing of for for the competitions like I really didn't like working out and training <laughs> and, and practices were long and monotonous for me but um 
except for obviously the bullpen, but um, I uh, that PO life. I never, <laughs> I never wanted it to. I I I never wanted games to ever be over. Yeah, I mean that's a fun part for sure. <laughs> but I just I felt I found it was interesting that um, twenty five out of the twenty nine said something along those lines of like can't wait for it to be over but also like please let it never end (laughs) I and I can see that I feel like generally from people that I played with their passion for the game kind of wanes a little bit through the college eligibility Um, just kind of like you said it can be monotonous. It's difficult day in and day out to continually push yourself. Um, and that life, like that grind, isn't necessarily for everyone. Like to that, ex- well, you know, to that extent, a lot of these athletes are tired, you know, <laughs> like they're tired. We've done this for all of our lives, essentially. And some of us are ready to move on. Some of us aren't, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I can speak for myself. I was not ready to move on in the slightest. I was crying my eyes out on senior day, thinking how I had no other talent. <laughs> and it was such a scary thing I remember hitting first base after hitting my last hit which is unfortunate and I was just remember it was like a whole wall of emotions I mean I was emotional before I remember kind of being in the fifth inning looking at the score seeing that we were losing and just kind of feeling really heavy already um then I came up in the seventh, which is awesome. Uh, but I just like the wall of emotion hit me as I get, as I cross first. And, but some people, they just didn't feel that. I feel like they felt maybe a wall of relief. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's, there's that still that unknown of what life has for you, which is something that we've absolutely never faced. Yeah. I mean, I, I relate with uh, being very upset when my college career was over and I, um, I was crying like pretty, pretty bad. And I, um, I also like, I just recently got, I was fortunate to um, continue being involved with the sport until a few months ago. And I, I just, I feel like, like you said, like, do I have any other talent other than, or skill other than softball? And, um, I mean, it's definitely a, a, an identity thing, but, um, it's like, I'm really like glad that I don't have to do those stupid sprints anymore, but, (laughs) but I miss having a, a community, um, and like, a team and not only just from softball but the other athletes and um anyone that was involved in my life at Tulsa the community I um 
I knew I was going to miss that. And I'm, I'm glad that I soaked in all the moments while I was there. Cause I knew that it was never going to be the same after the four years are done. And I still look back and I'm like, man, I miss that a lot. Okay. For sure. I think that support of having a, literally a team of people around you, whether it's your actual teammates or the support staff, I mean, it's literally something that you're not going to get in any other place to that extent. And it's, it's unique, I think, to college athletics. It's something that I'll definitely miss too. Yeah. The next quote was educational planning. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, all 29 student athletes in the sample were able to articulate various ways in which they approached educational planning in college. So when I first read that, I was like, well, I mean, this isn't surprising because everyone has to have academic plans in order to be eligible to play. Um, They have to choose a major and they have to be caught up in academics to be eligible. Um, And they all have to be aware that there is life after college that you need to be prepared for. Um, But then I remembered that this was a population of student athletes that um, were part of SAC and might have jobs and just like I said in the research flaws um, I think that it was um, it's super great that all 29 of these student athletes were able to prepare for themselves and it seems like the way that they did this says that they they attended extracurricular extracurricular um, events and it seems like they all put a lot of efforts into making sure their resume looks good when they're done with um, playing sports and graduating school. Yeah, definitely. I mean, athletic programs in my experience go through a big process of making sure that athletes understand what their academic expectations are and making sure that they fulfill them. I mean, if you're falling behind in a class, they're quick to sign you up for tutoring, which they pay for. Yeah. Potentially even have you come in for more study hall hours. Uh, I know um, both schools, first years and freshmen are required eight hours. So sometimes that could be additional hours if that means you're falling behind. Academics is pushed pretty heavily on athletes because you have to be full-time like you said earlier to be eligible you have to take 12 hours um so you have to have some idea of what you want to do because you have to kind of make a plan around that yeah there has to be educational planning um i'm just wondering if this quote means that they like went above and beyond and got internships and they're like really focused on their career or does this mean that they like set up their class schedule so that they will pass um that's a good question I guess we can't really know 100 percent. I would imagine with this group since they said the word surprising surprisingly 
maybe it it's you know how people can accept a job before they get done maybe it's something like that um knowing that they will have a job coming out of athletics maybe maybe yeah i've heard of some people with with that yeah that you know that that very well might be the case because um I tried doing that when I was a freshman and sophomore I tried being super involved with athletic um with academic uh like projects um I I stayed for a summer to um to do a an engineering project while working and also while training and, and also while taking um, a couple of classes. So the next quote uh, says, the majority of student athletes, so 26 of them, discuss their intentional involvement in academic and professionally related activities outside of the classroom as a means of informing their planning for life after school and sport. So just like I said in the last um in the last quote like does that mean that they attended the required um like student athlete events to go to these little events or did they actually go out of their own way to like connect with their professors and do these like school related projects that were pretty big it sounds like they went out of their way a bit. Yeah. I think when you're talking about athletes and their time, I think if you're asking that question, it's probably, you know, outside of what might be required or encouraged. I don't know how it is at other schools. Um, maybe you can speak a little bit on the other school you went to, but at Tulsa, um, it was... I didn't see that very often. It it was it wasn't like impossible for student athletes to be that involved academically, but um it was pretty rare at least from what I saw to see student athletes be involved that heavily into academics and their their pr- preparation for their career. Um they definitely had some things set up a it's school is very rich they had a very good academic center um lots of resources you know a career success center where you can kind of reach out with somebody in your field almost I want to say almost like a recruiter but not for real jobs kind of having like a mentorship with people in your potential field they had you take a class on how to build your resume and all that stuff, um, which was helpful. I mean, in that class, I built my LinkedIn, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, I, I think for the rest of that, it's pretty similar to other schools is that obviously they have, might have some career events for different, things and of course your college might have its specific event like my 
both schools, I was in the College of Arts and Sciences. So sometimes they'll host like career fairs or stuff like that. So that's yeah. pretty much what I remember. Well, I kind of wish there was more internships or opportunities that would align with student athletes schedules and be more open to taking on student athletes even though they don't have other people's types of resumes they still have a very fast working mind and are competitive and are driven and all these words that go into a great employer um i wish that they would get more opportunities to get that internship or get that um, summer job or part-time job or like off-season weekend job and, or that mentorship or that connection. Um, just making that time for the student athletes. That would be, that would be great in my opinion. Definitely. I agree. There needs to be a little more, opportunities or the school should try to get those athletes potentially if they're staying in the summer you know finding a way to work them in so they get experience because we all know that's what we all lack professional experience yeah so yeah and that goes into the next quote um developing transferable skills um all all participants in the sample were able to relate to the relevance of skills they acquired through athletic involvement to life after school and sport, which is completely just proving like every single athlete in this study said, yes, I gained the skills of time management and resilience and dedication and all those words that are great for an employer and then it like confuses me when your resume is passed up by someone else who says like I I did this internship but they don't have those same attributes as we would I feel like and we talked about that during our conversation one-on-one for my interview was I mean you're talking about potentially a six-month internship for most people, right? That's six months of commitment. And you're talking about people who've played their sport and dedicated their lives from six years old to this. I mean, how, how, how better can you explain commitment, time management, responsibility, you know, drive to be good, all that, all that, all those adjectives that you just listed, you know, how better can you explain that than saying I came, became a softball player or became an athlete at this age. I took it all the way to college. I did it while getting my degree. And here I am trying to get in this field. I mean, I I just can't see how that doesn't measure up because I'm not taking away from that person who didn't play and did the internship, I just feel like there should be a lot more credit given to some of these athletes because we we have to be so adaptable to, 
to do all that stuff and you have to be very responsible. I mean, you talk about the maturity level of many athletes. I think that's, it's above what most people are at at a certain age. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I coach, I coach young softball players and some of my 10 year olds are very mature for their age. Cause I feel like they're learning responsibility early. So, yeah, I completely agree with all of that. And like you said, you, you went to a job interview and they asked you a team related question and you were answering like, yeah, I played sports and, and they said, Haley, this isn't a game. Yeah. I mean, I was really just taken aback. I, I, I was shocked because you're asking potentially on demonstrate leadership and in a team setting and bang, I, I can list off several occasions, you know, great under pressure, you know, how, how better to explain than that? I, I, I will never know. Yeah. Like, what better way to say that you are dedicated, work well under pressure, and you know how to lead a team than saying that you made it to a certain level in sports? Exactly. I mean, how many meetings do you have to attend while in college softball? Yeah. (laughs) Probably 400. You know, it's like, I was on time to all of those, you know? (laughs) In fact, I I was early. Probably. You know what? I was never on time. I was always early. I, early and I, often. I, I, I seriously, I pulled up. I mean, uh, my previous school, they our strength coach was even extra about being early to these morning workouts. <laughs> and if we were not 30 minutes early, we were late. Like, we 30? had to get there. Yeah, so our workouts were at 6.30 in the morning. And we had to get there at six o'clock so that we could stretch and roll out before six thirty. So that immediately at six thirty, he would say, "Go run," and we would be running around the weight room outside in the dark to warm up. And sometimes at that point, I would see. So the w- the way that the school was set up is the football field and the weight room and everything was kind of in the center, and then the frat houses were along that same road along. And I, there would sometimes still be frat boys in lawn chairs yelling at us at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this, some people haven't even gone to sleep yet. And I'm out here running in the freaking cold. <laughs> Ridiculous. In t-shirt and shorts, no less, you know, because that's our workout uniform. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> the frat boys cheering you on for your Seriously, workouts. It- somewhat motivating because it's like I just rolled out of bed I kind of don't want to be here but at least this is funny (laughs) oh my gosh gosh. it was hilarious Um, speaking of being active um I don't I don't know if this is a quote or just my comment but about staying active after sports uh specifically participants mentioned not having teammates coaches competition and structured time for exercise um and it would make it more challenging to be active after college which is a huge thing in itself um staying active after being a sport is something that is always like 
like something that I even thought about as a student athlete, I was like, well, I'm never going to do a burpee again in my entire life. Cause I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. I mean, at a certain point, like when you're an athlete, absolutely zero of your free time is spent extra working out, you yeah. know? So when we get done, we're like, my free time, I just want to sit and do nothing because that's what we've been doing in our free time. Yeah. And we're just, then we start feeling bad about ourselves because we're like, ah, I feel like I haven't done anything. And it's true. You know, you're like, <laughs> I've been sitting here doing nothing. And I've, I spent, I think this year has been the first time where I've not felt bad about myself because I didn't work out. I'm yeah. starting to work out because I want to, I want to do that because I, I like being active rather than I'm doing this because I feel bad about myself sitting here. And I think that's, that's important for me because now if I get to a workout one or two times a week, I'm not sitting there beating myself up about it. Yeah. Um, but, and you know what? I look the freaking same, you know, it's, I, it's coming to terms with, you know, what active means to you. I liked the quote from today from our Instagram post about finding different ways to be active. I liked what she said, where she said she, when she realized that being active meant either going for a walk with her dog or going, going kayaking or fishing or hiking, that, that, was also active to her. I think redefining that word to mean something different than going out there and running sprints, doing burpees and, and all that in the cold while the frat boys are yelling at you <laughs> are, is important because it's true. Being active is so, so much more than that. Yeah. I loved the conversation with Michelle um, because she was so real about that like um like she learned she really likes to go on long walks as simple as that i like going on long walks is a fun way to get myself moving um also in the um interview with um sarah millerin she also mentioned that she learned that she really likes doing f45 because it's like a sense of community and um you're working out like way less than you would be as your previous life as a, as a competitive athlete. Um, but like still like that sense of a community and going through like a tough workout for 45 minutes. Um, it's still a lot, a lot more than a lot of people and yeah. find what works for you and what like you really like to do to get yourself active and being healthy in a different way is that's not forced and um not like you're not training for anything anymore it's for you um is something that's so difficult for a lot of people and it takes a lot of trying things out and figuring out what is the best thing that makes you enjoy moving and just like I don't want to say working out but just being active yeah yeah I think to um to Ileana's interview I mean she knowing her in college she 
didn't really have a good relationship with lifting. She didn't really like it. Um, and she was, she always regarded herself as a slow runner. I remember the first workout. She's like, man, I just, they put us in pairs for our first workout with an older girl. We knew that going in and we just didn't know who we were paired with. She's like, man, I just hope we, I don't get somebody with long legs. Cause she's like five, two <laughs> and she's slow and she gets the six foot tall, like fast short stop on our team and we had to run a mile with him um but now she's out there and her goal is to run like a five minute mile and she oh my god she's close and she does crossfit and she's ripped and um she's kind of redefined her feelings towards both of those things and I think that that was really cool just to see her transformation, especially with her battling injuries. And I think with athletes battling injuries in their career, it makes it harder to kind of get back to being active. Cause yeah, I can't imagine going through what she went through. Your body hurts. My body hurts. Yeah. And I haven't ripped everything in my knee. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things that like I had to like, go through after like as being a student athlete I was like I'm never gonna run like on my own I'm never going to do a burpee on my own I I I'm just gonna do cycle workouts the rest of my life and I that lasted for not very long and (laughs) (laughs) I was like okay I'm just gonna challenge myself to do something hard and um, I absolutely hate running. I'm a pitcher. I, I stay in my circle. I, <laughs> I don't enjoy running, but I challenged myself to run just one mile every day for 30 days recently. And I did that. And I was like, hold on. I'm actually kind of enjoying this. Um, so that's when I felt inspired to take it a step further and sign up for F45. So I, realized that like I don't hate working out I just kind of hated doing a workout when I didn't want to (laughs) right yeah and that that makes a big difference for sure yeah um okay so the next the next quote is um the majority of participants so 23 out of the 29 discussed how coaches have fostered their overall holistic development I feel like our coaches at Tulsa, um, whether it be the direct softball coaches or our weight room coaches or um, just anyone like academic tutors, they all had an impact of our wellness. And I felt like we had really, really good coaches. I agree. I agree. Super important for for coaches to be um, a really positive light in your life because you spend a lot of time with them and they are your mentors. So, yes, I agree. I feel, and coming from a place where I didn't feel that way about my coaches, it was a really, really big relief to come into a place where I felt the coaches believed in me on and off the field it lifted a big weight off my shoulders and I've I felt liberated because of that 
yes, it makes a huge difference. And, um, and even to this day, I can, I can text the Tulsa coaches, um, even coach Jay, he's not even at Tulsa anymore. And I feel like I can text him and tell him an update and it's, it's just, I feel like they're so sweet and it's a lifelong connection. Oh, absolutely. He, um, he's, I mean, when I'm at Stillwater, cause he's at OSU, I reach out to him and I say, Hey, like, what's, what's up? Are you at the field? You know, I want to come say hello. And he's always like trying, he'll, he, he made time for me each time that I've been out there. So that just says a lot about him. Yeah. Yeah. He even in, um, invited you like a place to stay for when you were visiting for a little bit. And that was so nice. Yes. My hotel was terrible. He was a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Extremely... And his wife are the sweetest people. Yes. Coach Jane Barb are the sweetest. Oh my Absolutely. God. Uh, Christmas were always great. I'm so happy that I got to play for someone like him because it it really does I think it really does make a difference and I I hope the people that got to start with coaches that they love I hope they really take them and cherish that because it's not it's not fun going and grinding day in and day out when you don't feel that love and respect kind of reciprocated for you yes respect is is huge and I think that that becomes something that as an athlete you begin to understand kind of what people in leadership how they should treat you because when you're going into the workforce you need to be respected you need to know how to work for somebody and be respectful towards them, but understand what the line is on how they should be treating you. I think that respect goes both ways. And when your coaches can facilitate that back to you while you're in your sport, I think it sets you up for a better relationship with your employer and your future careers. Yes. And I, at a young age in, in high school, I felt like I wasn't being treated right by one of my coaches. And I, it was super hard for me, but I sat her down and I told her how I was feeling. And I'm really glad I did that because she actually made the change after she was like, Oh, I had no idea. I was, I was like that. Like I will be better. And it also opened up the conversation for like how I can be better. And like it, it, being in sports has always helped me learn how to express how I'm feeling with people who are on like different like levels of status of me, such as like talking to the head coach or talking to um, like someone who works for athletics or something. Um, and I feel like I'm low on the totem pole, but I still have that um, right to talk to them and tell them how I feel. Yeah, I think that's super important that they feel that you feel that way with who you surround yourself with. Yes, which completely relates with the workforce because you're always going to start low on the totem pole no matter what. And um, like where like you learning how to 
deal with those kind of conflicts or feelings and like talking with like maybe your boss. Well, I learned how to do that when I had to sit down and talk to my coach. Um, so yep. it all, it all relates at the end of Back the day. Back to that experience that people need to yep. <laughs> really take seriously. Yes, exactly. Yep. So now it goes into the suggested solutions. Um, it appears that colleges and universities may need to emphasize empowerment and self-sufficiency in support of building confidence to thrive without the structure of organized athletics. One avenue for instilling these traits might entail individual or group counseling. So that's something that um, I hope as, as once an athlete, I hope that we can eventually help provide those resources to people eventually that is such a huge long-term goal but that would be so awesome to be able to like donate the money or um, the resources for group counseling or individual counseling for student athletes specifically because that's obviously something that is needed a hundred percent um just having resources that can give you the skills that you need when you're leaving would be amazing. Um, definitely an underserved area of athletics. I think they focus a lot on your physical well-being, you know, with your athletic training and your doctors and all this, because that's kind of what can get you on the field. And I think that it would be well-served to prepare them for their life afterwards too, because many schools and many coaches feel the same way. You know, once you're in player there, you're always welcome back. And I think that's similar to kind of what you were saying with the name of our business, once an athlete, always an athlete. Right. And I think that that, that theme should be carried within each school yeah. Agreed. And, you know, something that is a little bit silly, but like, so like truthful is I ended up confiding in my nutritionist and that's like, I talk to my nutritionist once a week for like 15 minutes and I end up like opening up about my personal life to her because she asked me how I'm doing. She asked me the updates and I, I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. I'll tell, um, I'm going to tell you about like what's happening in my life because I mean like no one really else is. And I'm, and I kind of joked like, Oh, you're kind of like my counselor, like therapist slash nutritionist. And it was kind of true. Like I really ended up opening up to, the nutritionist um a lot and it's too bad that the nutritionist is like taking on like um student athletes like emotions and things like that when they're not licensed professionals but it, it, it was still like a conversation she genuinely wanted to know how I'm doing but it would have probably been a little bit more beneficial if I like if we had the 
resource of talking to a professional um, sports psychologist, counselor um, for longer than 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I, I resonate with that because the the front desk people in the academic centers heard a lot about my life (laughs) (laughs) because I would be not that I was using them necessarily I generally I I feel like they were great people and I would talk to them regardless um but I was definitely logged in to my academic hours (laughs) while I was speaking um but you know I I generally did not have that much homework that I I have I had ADD and when I'm in the academic center it was just not a place where I could focus there's way too many people going in there and so when I would go into the academic hours I generally didn't do work or could not do work because I would get so distracted i.e this is how I end up talking for hours to the front desk people while I'm logged in um, and then I would go home and do my homework, but absolutely, I feel, I feel bad about it because I'm sure they didn't ask for that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that those people that work in athletics, they really do care about their athletes. I mean, they, you can see, you know, we have an academic advisor assigned to teams and most of the time they're at games, they're, they're at your graduation ceremony, you know, they, they even, they, I mean, they have your best interest at heart. And I think no matter if they're licensed or not, they, they do care about the athletes. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, Of course it is nice and should be that they have resources specifically for that type of thing. I almost feel like maybe they should implement a system similar to the study hall hours where you're potentially required to go in for an hour a week or every two weeks to speak to somebody like a sports psychologist. Exactly. That would be completely ideal to make it required just like it's required to do the study hall. Um, At Oregon softball, it was required to talk to the nutritionist and I'm sure she was also um, at Oregon. I'm sure she was also having some personal conversations with the athletes. And it's because like, not very often does someone ask like, so what's, what's the news? Like, give me, um, give me what's the update on your life. How are you doing? And yes, yeah, I agree. Cause most people are asking you about softball. And I think that I wanted to kind of mention this. I, feel like people athletes and we talked about earlier how they kind of get worn out a little bit in that monotony and how people kind of just ask you about your sport I felt like whenever you take a break or I don't know the right word for that but some people have to kind of step back or cause, cause that's all they know is, is their sport. And I feel like sometimes they end up hating their sport because of it. And then they end up missing it later, you know, cause it's like, 
you miss people kind of asking you about that. I feel like it's kind of interesting how that happens, you know, where yeah. some of yeah. those people were like, so ready to be done seem to kind of reminisce on it a lot. Yeah, like like it said, it was like 26 out of the 29 or something. It was like a lot of them were just like, oh, I can't wait to be done, but I know that I'll miss it. And it, that's exactly like, at least that's how I feel like I definitely needed a long break and I'm I feel like I'm ready to like you know be involved with the sport again because I realize it really makes me light up talking about softball and um I just know that that doesn't mean that I have to throw the ball again (laughs) Um, yeah I I really do not I realize that at the end of the day I really just don't want to throw a ball again um because it just it just that's a different topic um (laughs) (laughs) um and then that that kind of leads into the next quote of like what the what their another suggested solution is is in addition to celebrating identity as a student athlete and team member it is recommended that university personnel such as coaches academic advisor academic advisors etc facilitate curiosity and excitement about life after sport as well as encourage multifaceted identity development outside of athletics so like I said like when people ask how your day was like outside of practice or like how was your off like or just like what's your what 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 are you planning on doing you know this weekend like um like I I feel and I I feel that I feel like I would, I would like, I would have liked that. Um, and I've made it a point with my lessons to ask them, like, how is school? What's your favorite subject? What do you want to do? What are you doing this weekend? What other sports do you play? Do you have any weird talents? I ask them really random stuff. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes the parents are like, what the heck? I'm paying for this. But um, it's true. You, I think they need to be asked those questions, you know, exactly. um, facilitate that. I mean, I make funny TikToks with them sometimes because I think that they, they need to be kids, you know, like they need to be silly and weird. So hopefully they're not silly and weird when we're trying to focus on softball, but <laughs> there's a time and a place, you know, but I think they need to understand that they are more than just, their sport you know that's kind of our our mission um but and and I I like that this was brought up because that's something that I really do try to do and I do it I try to do it pretty subtly where you're talking I was like how is school you know some of them are homeschooled so they think that's funny uh yeah you know I, I I try to get them involved or talk about something different or even tell a story about my life that doesn't even relate to softball necessarily so that they can understand that yes well they only come to see me for softball that I do have a life outside of it and I think it's important they either a understand that I do b understand that I'm not perfect either I like to show them when I mess up um or tell them about it because I think many times perfection is an issue um yeah. But yeah. I love, I, 
I love that. I think that would be a huge, huge help. And I think it's so easy to implement. It's just simply yeah. asking people other things, you know, that's so yeah. simple. Yeah. Like when I do my lessons, like I usually, my go-to is either, um, what'd you do over the weekend? Did you have a good weekend or what's your plans for this weekend? Or what's your, what's your ideal vacation spot or what TV show are you watching right now? And usually one of those four questions will get them talking. That's good. I like those last two. I should use them. Yeah. And, um, and then every once in a while I'll get a shy one that doesn't want to talk. And then, then I'll just joke like, Oh, you really did nothing. So (laughs) (laughs) I do make make a lot of jokes. I like to keep it fun. I think that a lot of times in youth sports, I think people are way too serious, yeah, way too serious. And I think some people are not even at understanding female athletes and how we work. We don't like generally to get yelled at for them. I mean, I know I don't, I don't respond to that very well. Yeah. I, I just get angry and I shut down and the way that you can really talk to me and kind of coach me better is is talking to me calmly or relating or even joking with me kind of kind of having a relationship with me rather than at me like I don't need that I don't want that I I respond to it just 24 hours later which is usually not what they want You have you have a one to two business day response rate. I do. I mean, like I I I get mad that they're calling me out on that something like that in that way, you know. And I and and it's not a good character trait, but you know, I get upset. Like the more somebody wants me to do something, sometimes if it's the way they say it, the less I want to do it. You know, if they say it in a way that's just so almost belittling. I'm not wanting to do what they want me to do. It just isn't really encouraging me, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do want to be better. So if we played the next day, I generally did correct whatever it was they were yelling at me about. But that didn't happen often. But I do know that that's how I handled being yelled at. Yeah. It's all about learning and knowing your teammates or your your athletes and knowing how to how to work with them like some people they need to be yelled at not very many but uh, some people <laughs> some people need to be yelled at and most of the time just kindly tell them like hey I'm noticing this maybe you might see better results if you did this or like yeah and most like- of the time for the most part whatever we're getting yelled at <laughs> about yeah. we already know you know like yes we missed the ball thank you for clarifying that you know um I know I'm not supposed to strike out I I get that the bat's supposed to hit the ball all right oh it's my favorite was um uh why did you walk that batter just throw strikes yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I really wanted to do that that's why absolutely I was trying (laughs) to mess up yes you know and it's funny now. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't at the time. Um, totally crazy. It, and I think that's that's one thing. I really do try to explain to my lessons. And I do feel like we can be better as a whole in sports. 
across the board is accepting that mistakes happen, not yelling at somebody because they made a mistake. I mean, they're already upset at themselves. They already, they, I mean, they, nobody wants to mess up, you know? Um, I try to get them to understand that when you make a mistake, you know, that's all right. Yeah. It, you can't change it, but you can attempt not to make the mistake twice, you know, make the adjustment. If you make another mistake, make a different kind of mistake. And it, and at the very least you're showing progress. And I think I heard something on TikTok recently that, you know, perf- is practice makes perfect, you know, and everybody's usually like, yes, you know, and they're like, no, pra- practice makes progress. And I think yeah. that that redefinition is going to be important for those future athletes who may become those college athletes and where all of this stuff that we talked about today becomes more relevant to them. Yeah. And back on like the whole thing, um, I just feel like we got really lucky with coach Chad um, as our strength coach, because if we like missed a rep or if we messed up, he never raised his voice at us. He never got upset at us. He always just said, okay, well, then we're just adding extra reps. I mean, like, whenever you want to do this right, then... I mean, yeah, he had his expectation. And if we didn't meet it, then we had to meet it. Yeah. Gosh, and I remember that one time. I don't know if you remember this. I mean, I guess I'm going on a tangent. But <laughs> that one time we were doing side... We were doing planks, and we had to do, like, a right arm plank for a minute and it was like somebody was dropping and I'm like bro we have to do this for for a minute either way so let's do it now so we don't end up doing this for three minutes like come on yeah it's just so frustrating but (laughs) yeah I, I I really I really enjoyed him as a strength coach he was he was intense in a way that that he expected what he expected of you but he didn't expect he it wasn't like unrealistic expectations and he didn't scream at you like you said it was yeah meet my expectations because that's what I've laid out before you and that's it yep you know and I like that he set out what he wanted from us he didn't try to surprise us and I like that I think that makes things easier to chew you know it's like this is what I'm doing I can I can make this into bite-sized samples I know because when we ran our 16 110s you know he's a football coach he made it into quarters so we ran four and four and four and four it wasn't like we had an extended amount of time between the four it was just a little extra time but it that that set of four that set of four that set of four that set of four made a big difference when you're not thinking like, ah, oh, this is 16, you know? He pushed us to a very, like, hard limit, but also, like, made it doable. Yes. And while I was at my previous school, I had to run gassers every single Tuesday. And we knew at no time ever how many we were going to do. So we would just guess because we knew that it, like generally we had to be done by seven. So we'd go to the weight room 
but I just always anticipated running 16. And if we didn't, then I was just pleasantly surprised <laughs> because yeah. 16 was the most we ever did. So I just prepared myself to do 16. And then when we would do 10 or 12, I was like, huh, easy day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but it was like, that's the way you had to survive. You know, <laughs> some people did, didn't have a very good mentality with that. They, they, it made them freak out. Um, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just set my expectations higher. Um, yeah. But I think that it's important, again, to realize, just like we talked about coaches, is how people respond to things. Yeah. Um, sometimes you cannot do a one-size-fits-all thing for everybody. Yeah. And <laughs> I just shout out Coach Chad because <laughs> that was, he was just the best. Uh, just really, really good at, like, making us want to make him proud and our coaches proud and never really put us down for anything. Yes. I remember one time I was late to practice or to weights. I was, I have never been late in my entire life. My alarm just simply didn't go off on my phone or I was so tired that I don't remember what it is either. Didn't, I think I accidentally set it for 6 PM. I was just so tired going, going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I was in the PMs and um, he didn't, I mean, it was, it was my first semester, first year at Tulsa and um, one of the first few weeks and, you know, I, I, somebody called me, I think Riley called me and I got there within like three minutes, which just has to be like a world record. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I felt so bad because I'm new to the team, you know, I'm never late. I felt so guilty. Um, and he didn't really make a big deal out of it. I mean, I had to do punishment for it, but he yeah. didn't, he didn't punish the whole team that time because he knew that wasn't my character that wasn't that wasn't something that I would do yeah well also what's the point of putting you down when you know you have your you're gonna do your punishment and you're gonna learn your lesson and guess what you learned your lesson I did I made sure that said am every single day (laughs) yeah like but uh, I could I could go on about examples, but yeah, we're gonna move on to the next uh, <laughs> next yeah. suggested solution was um, something that I've never heard of. Um, apparently, there are career services um, such as something called a career self exploration for student athletes workshop, um, and I've never heard of that, but it looks like it's a really good tool if it's offered at your school. You should take advantage of it because it'll help student-athletes um, figure out what to do with their career and get ready with self-efficacy um, and preparedness. And um, it works with your busy, busy schedule. And, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know how, exactly how it works, but the, the program looks like a great resource. But if there were more like services like that maybe it would work but I just know that um if something another like part of this quote it says um maybe you could they could 
hold events like recruiting events uh, during times most likely to work with the student athletes busy schedules such as providing food during dinner time which I do know that Tulsa did that every once in a while and I just remember always being so tired or just like uh, wanting to go shower or just like like wanting to like not be there because it was time yeah. my busy schedule yeah we would have been make it yeah some people didn't even make it because it would be like during a night class or something and and it doesn't happen often enough and then I just kind of wish that I recognized the value in that at the time but it's hard to recognize that when you're just so tired you're really it's because we're focusing on getting through the week and the series and the season and not our college career and then our life beyond I feel like I definitely was doing what's best for me this season because I so highly prioritized my sport yeah I was not trying very hard to prioritize my life after because it wasn't very relevant to me at at that time (laughs) exactly like I'm trying to to win the series this weekend yes I've got a lot of priorities like they're all high priority but I have to I have to arrange them somehow yeah so I appreciate that the that the article mentioned that but they are providing those and I just don't find it to be too um effective unless it happened like super often which I feel like I don't know if anyone has the budget for that but yeah I think budgetary becomes pretty relevant to that conversation I feel like a summer event would probably be more available to most people and then you know maybe do it like the week before everyone really comes back to school because a lot of those athletes are still there or have to be there early you know yeah um and it, it would it be difficult for an athlete to come three days early rather than the night before classes you know yeah um, and at least I mean if you could do one big event it's better than no event <laughs> right I agree and that would be better to do like a few days before school starts because um during the summer I feel like it would be maybe too much of a hassle for people to come back if they're not required to be on campus during the summer uh, but then like if you think of any other time it's always season for anyone so yeah I mean yeah. unless unless it started to be like an independent um organization again I guess this is something that we could do potentially yeah um where we hold maybe I don't, I don't know if convention is the right word for that, but we kind of different cities, you know, where people can be. So that's like, they don't have to necessarily be in their school state or something. I feel like that's, that's an area that's again, underserved, just like a lot of this is. Yeah. And I know that there are some companies or nonprofits that do try to offer that. And I did sign up for an event that was virtual to, um, go to like a, a, a student athlete or retired athlete um, like career event and I went to the virtual event and there was no one there so I feel like it's like hyped up and then 
at the end of the day, no one has really the time. So it just, it needs to be facilitated better. And if we could come up with some sort of budget or way to do that, that's definitely in the plans and the goals of once an athlete, because it's something that needs to be better for sure. It does for yeah. sure. Um, the next, um, the next quote for, um, what this, uh, author suggested as a solution was that team alumni can provide valuable employer connections and may be able to mentor current student athletes on applying to graduate school, interviewing for jobs and navigating the transition from school and sport since they have experienced it firsthand, which I really, really, really love this idea. And I really hope that once an athlete can um, provide mentorships, hopefully soon um because this is such a really invaluable resource to have alumni support and mentorship um especially like if it's structured um if there's something like talk about this for this week or like instead of just like here mentor this person like it would be a full-on program so i i'm excited to eventually plan that and um, hopefully provide that eventually Absolutely. because that would make a huge difference. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you have an idea of some discussion topic or question that would relate to that, you should definitely tell us because that's a great start. Um, hey, and you can always reach out to us. We may not offer that right now as a widespread thing, but we're we're both more than welcome or more than willing to help out where we can. Yeah. And I have a Q and a page on, um, once an athlete.com in efforts to really like, I was hoping that parents or current athletes or even like retired athletes ask for our advice based off of our experience. Um, kind of like a, kind of like a mentor, um, Q&A page and we might take some of those questions and use them in our interviews or in our podcasts discussing topics um like I really love answering questions from curious people like parents and uh young young athletes who are really just eager to learn about anything um I just love answering those questions. So please put those questions in the, the contact page, or you can email me, Emily at once an athlete.com or Haley at Haley at um, once an athlete.com. Um, or you can find us on Instagram at once an athlete, et cetera. TikTok too, Facebook, all the social media, almost just shoot us a message or, comment and we can't we can't wait to answer some of y'all's questions honestly yeah we're open to being there for all of you all as mentors and um answer all the questions that you have i already have a frequently um asked question um blog up right now just kind of to like maybe guide some people on how to answer those same questions that they get asked. Um, Cause I know like it, 
may become annoying when people ask you the same questions over and over, such as, so what are you going to do after you graduate? And they start asking you that question, you're like junior year of college. So um, just like things like that, just like ask, you can ask me how I answer questions. You can ask me and Haley, like our different experiences, really please ask away anything. Absolutely. Um, and then the next quote um, these findings either indicate that the current efforts of the athletic support staff have been successful in preparing student athletes for post-collegiate life or there is a disconnect between student athletes perceptions of their preparedness to transition to post-collegiate life and the resources they will need during their actual transition in contrast, the primary area of wellness lacking for the sample of athletes concerned their overall emotional reaction to closing this chapter of their life. Majority of pessimistic feelings related to their impending transition from sport. I had to read that quote over when I was writing this blog post like so many times because I'm like, what is it saying? It sounds like a, a big old jumbled up confusion and I feel like that's kind of their point is like student athletes are kind of confused on their perception slash preparedness for transitioning out of being a college athlete definitely for sure um I don't feel like there was any specific let's say training or education on that um, I left campus, uh, when I packed up my apartment and I went home cause that's the only thing that I knew to do. Um, and I was very confused for months, <laughs> um, getting home because it was still a shock, even though I knew it was coming. Um, I think that maybe, maybe I didn't utilize resources that they had, whatever it was, I was unprepared. That's for sure. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, there was a couple months where my mom was kind of just like, well, we will just let her cry. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's a point where she's like, okay, well, y- you probably should try to get a job now. <laughs> um, and that's where I tried doing all that. And it's like, they're asking for your experience and all that jazz. And they don't really take softball as seriously as I, as you do, or your sport as seriously as you do. And uh, that's how I got to coaching. So very unprepared I know I don't think that they quite help you with your exit strategy in the way I feel like they could um but I also understand that that's probably not exactly their whole job as they do have like we talked about monetary restrictions and you know they're really responsible I mean they pay they pay for a lot athletics um athletes they get a lot paid for you know, I, I can't even, I don't even want to know how much money was spent on me individually as an athlete during my five years in college sports. Um, that total is probably more than, <laughs> more than enough. Yeah. Um, but, um, 
I do think that there's there's something something they can do potentially. I mean, even even a little bit to make that maybe a little smoother because it was rough. Yeah, and that's what once an athlete is all about is to help the next generations and with that transition and. For me, it was always in the back of my mind. Like, I only have so many games left. I'm trying. I'm a very sentimental person. So for me, when when it all ended, it wasn't really that much of a shock for me just because it's always been in the back of my mind. And um, I, I remember being upset in the beginning of my senior season. One of the first tournaments, a couple of games got canceled. And I feel like some of our teammates were like, yes, we get to go home early. We get to, you know, rest up. And I was sitting there like, oh, my gosh, now I only have 42 games left instead of 45. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a very sentimental person. So I was cherishing every single game. And it's still really tough afterwards. Yes, I I feel like I knew that it was coming, but my dream for my whole life was to be a softball player or like, you know, I dreamed to be on Team USA. I wanted to play professionally. I always, I guess I just hung on to that hope that I would get to do it longer, that it wouldn't be the end when it came, you know, and uh, I guess I just kind of tricked myself <laughs> in a way that um, I, I just, I wasn't prepared at all. Yeah. And I really don't want to sound ungrateful or anything because I was one of the lucky, very few to continue playing after college. And it was, it was just a very, different experience and it's I just want to let you know this is how different it was Uh, I'm used to being on a team that wins and is competitive and I was on a team that our record was like three and like 40 or something it was like we lost almost every game and it was very very different Um, and it was just, it was a completely different experience. I completely don't regret doing it. It was, um, disappointing. It was a great experience uh, overall, but it was just different than college softball. Yeah. And I had heard that a lot about that just from different people who played. Luckily we have a new pro league. Hopefully that's going to change that narrative. Um, and I, and I'm so happy that other women's sports and other men's sports have, have that avenue. And I can't wait for softball to have that avenue to the degree that others do, because I think it's so deserving. Yes. I am so, so, so excited for what Lauren Chamberlain is doing in the softball world, because as she's helping it become more competitive and, get more excitement into the game of softball and add more teams. And just like, she is making a huge difference in the world of women's sports. And I'm really, really, really excited for that. And it's super inspiring. And I, I mean, I, I would go back and play, but honestly, my arms hurt. (laughs) 
And and I think that there's no better person to do it than somebody who is incredibly exciting to watch and play against, uh, like, like Lauren Chamberlain. I mean, I remember going into freshman year thinking that I have to pitch to this girl and it was intimidating, but I think that that's the person that you need behind this, this movement. So I'm so excited. Yes, trust me. She hit a grand slam off of me, and I still <laughs> her a lot. So. I I missed a freaking curveball down the middle, and I still remember the fear in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Same for me with the changeup. Like, um, she I, hit the changeup, uh, grand slam off of me, but it's it's fine. She's, she's good. Born. She's just staying good. That is what it is. Yeah. And um, same with um Jocelyn at OU. Like I. Oh, that homegirl just can I, hit. Yeah, she's hitting. She's hit like two or three home runs off me, and I'm like, I mad respect. I still I, really like you a lot. So, and they're not fence scrapers either. <laughs> like they're big ones. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, no offense. It's, she does it off of everybody. I just remember in left field. I'm just like, just kind of like. Oh, wow. That's cool. I wish I could do that. Okay. Okay. I get it. (laughs) But the point of uh, like what we're, I just love the support in women's sports that's happening because yes, like our um, people, our opponents that we've played against, like they have absolutely destroyed us, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but we still really love to, like talk to them and be friends with them and and whatever else there is because yeah, that's because what support is to us having that shared that shared experience you know and this is the community that we're trying to build around all athletes um that are that are leaving their sport or even in their sport because i think that this is something the way that we support these athletes that we played against um potentially or watched and looked up to potentially to um I think that's something that we can have with with all former athletes because at the end of the day we do have something in common and we can help each other and support each other and I think that that's really our goal you know on a on a larger scale you nailed it well I, I think I'm going to end it on that because that was perfect so <laughs> thank, thank you, you. <laughs> um and if you uh enjoyed this um just yes please come back and listen to the other podcasts that we mentioned in here um such as um michelle sass she was a great podcast and um sarah millerin she was an equestrian uh professional equestrian and um just many more and super excited for once an athlete and we've we've got big goals and we're excited for everyone listening to this and all of our followers and everyone to be a part of it so thank you absolutely Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify at Once an Athlete, Facebook at Once an Athlete Crew, and find our channel on YouTube, which is linked on the header of our website, www.onceanathlete.com.